Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gordana Blitz right here on Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts. Your host, Oscar Lopez, here. Today we have a great show, episode 207. Unfortunately, we will not have uh, the WFA All-Star Holly Custis or Troy Wilson in the house. Uh, some things came up, but uh, we will uh, ride the ship. And we will have in the No Joke Football Huddle today the historic owner of the New York Sharks, Andrea Douglas, who will be coming in to talk about women's football, the history of women's football in the United States, the growth of women's football, and uh, what's uh, be expected uh, for the future, and as well as her stepping aside and moving on, as the New York Sharks will uh, have new ownership in 2019. So kind of excited to talk to her and uh, get her thoughts on everything uh, women's gridiron in the United States as well as in the international scene. Uh, big Super Bowl week. This is the uh, Super Bowl week. Uh, for Sunday, as the Patriots will take on the Eagles, uh, Tom Brady still uh, with an injured hand, Gronkowski uh, not out of concussion protocol, and so we have uh, a lot of questions in New England in terms of how they're going to be, how durable they're going to be going into the matchup in Minnesota. Uh, everything right now points to the fact that they're not worried about it, and uh, given their situation in previous Super Bowls. You would think that uh, that obviously is the case. Vegas doesn't think that's the case. Vegas is favoring the uh, Philadelphia Eagles to pull the upset um, against uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots. So um, Bill Belichick for once smiled this week, uh, day one. And uh, Willie McGinnis, actually of NFL Network, got him to kind of smile on a lot of topics. So that was kind of rare and (laughs) different. Uh, from his podium act that he normally carries on in most interviews. So that was kind of refreshing to see. And uh, so we'll see how that affects the outcome in Minnesota at Super Bowl 52. Uh, we got coverage everywhere pretty much uh, from all links on our Twitter feed to uh, um, SI, pretty much everywhere. So you can find some of those links as well. Interesting, interesting articles on Super Bowl 52. We'll go into detail a little bit of my thoughts on the Super Bowl, get the predictions as well for the Super Bowl uh, towards the end of the hour here. Uh, we will be here for about an hour or so. Don't, you know, I don't foresee we'll go any further than that. Uh, Andrea Douglas, uh, historic uh, individual in women's gridiron, and uh, we'll have an honor and a pleasure to talk to her about the state of the New York Sharks going forward and you know things that have happened in women's gridiron in her tenure as owner in the um, WFA as well as the IWFL. So let's get into some uh, things that are happening. 
So um, thanks, everybody, for the likes on Facebook this week. A massive amount of likes on Facebook. We are almost at 6,000 followers on Facebook, hopefully by the middle of summer, if not by the end of this year. And I want to thank everybody that has supported us since day one, that has a passion and love for uh, women's uh, gridiron football. Uh, and uh, we try to cover it as best as we can with a bunch of network people that we obviously network with. So I have to give credit to all those individuals, especially in the international scene, who have helped us tremendously to grow the brand and as well as to make our Facebook page a very credible page. Uh, we try to do as much as we can with uh, credible links, stories, uh, spotlight players, leagues. Uh, and I think over a, a seven-year span now, we've done a tremendous job. Um, and I want to you know, basically say thank you to everybody out there, our fans, our loyal fans on Facebook, as well as the players, the coaches, and all the teams out there, and the network partners that we have um, internationally as well as in the States. So I really want to thank you. So 6,000 is where we want to go. I think we'll get there on Twitter. We've done an amazing job on Twitter since day one, seven years on Twitter. And uh, we are number one on Twitter in terms of news, notes, updates, breaking everything in the women's game. And that also is a credit to all the individuals that have helped us to get there and have supported us and believe in uh, women's sports and believe in bringing attention to women's sports. And so I really appreciate that. And so uh, add us on Snapchat. That's where we're going to be at for the whole year. We have a couple athletes already committed to us that they're going to do some uh, takeovers. So if you haven't um, downloaded the uh, Snapchat app, go ahead and uh, download it and then look for Gridiron Beauty on the Snapchat. Otherwise, you can go to our Twitter feed or our Facebook page, and you can do a snap code there or add us on as a username there. So we're going to have pretty much a lot of athletes. We had Holly Custis already taking some takeovers. Uh, we have upcoming athletes that are going to do the same. So we're really excited about Snapchat and trying to um, bring attention to the sport and the awareness um, to the sport. So uh, through our VRR platform. So um, at this point, I think everybody's excited for Super Bowl 52. The predictions that I got from Holly is she's thinking because uh, the Patriots have an advantage over uh, a staff of over 25 players on the Patriots. She's really thinking that the outcome will be about a 30 to 21 win for uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And so uh, Doug Peterson and Nick Foles, uh, Chris Long, and uh, they've all know what, what, it, what, what it's going to be to beat the Patriots. So uh, still got to play it on Sunday. Um, hopefully this is not a repeat uh, situation against the Falcons, who apparently, you know, the Falcons just, I don't, you know, I don't know what happened last year, but anyways, it didn't work out for them. So the Eagles, Eagles fans, everybody that I've talked to that's an Eagles fan, uh, totally excited for this opportunity to, for, to bring the Lombardi Trophy um, to the city of brotherly love and anchor that. Um, you know, message of last to first. It's a great story in Philadelphia, and it's been a great story so far. So we'll see how that works out. Um, Gridiron, uh, the women's uh, football uh, forum, which usually happens during the Pro Bowl event this year, uh, there was a couple players, uh, over I think 50 players invited. Last year, there's a bunch of players that got chosen for certain internships 
including Colette uh, Smith from the Sharks, and she was on the New York Jets, as well as Phoebe Sketzler, um, who was from the BAFTA women and also from Birmingham Lions. So she got to go to Bryant uh, football as well and the Buffalo Bills. So this year the forum is in, in full swing. Uh, thanks to Sam Rappaport and all the efforts at the uh, NFL. It's a second uh, second time around here, and it's uh, from what I hear, it's very awesome, and they've had a great time. Now we get to see as who will get an opportunity to go where uh, with the offseason taking effect in another month here after the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll see which players and where from what leagues, uh, either international or in the States, are going to get their opportunity to uh, see if they can um, – do an internship or even get hired just like Katie Sowers did in San Francisco with the 49ers. So it's pretty exciting times for the women's game, understanding, you know, uh, the development of it and then going forward. And then the CFL jumping in as well. Um, and other major sports leagues from what I read, uh, they're jumping in as well to try to develop that uh, program to give uh, women opportunities in the major sports. So that's um, a great effort there. Um, that they've been doing uh, for the last, you know, two years here. And the Women's World Games will be coming up soon here. We'll have more uh, details in terms of, you know, who's going to be there, who's not going to be there, given the logistics concerns that all the players had uh, for the majority of the group boards that we follow. Everybody was uh, kind of disappointed in where the uh, time frame was and the time, and some of them were not able to get time off for whatever reason, because of flights or and or job. Uh, commitments. So that also became an issue. So we'll see what the turnout is. Uh, last year was over close to 300. Uh, we'll see what the turnout is for this year in terms of the uh, Women's World Games that will be coming up here in about another month. And so we're pretty excited to see how that's going to uh, you know happen. Um, let's go into the notes. Big bombshell before we came on the show today. Uh, breaking news. Uh, Heroku uh, Kenneth Moeller Jolly announces on Facebook that she is stepping down as president of the IWFL World Champion Utah Falcons. Um, she is obviously uh, going into other endeavors in business. She's got other businesses that she's dealing with and uh, potential growth there. And so she's decided that she's not able to devote as much time to the team as she did in the previous uh, seasons. So she's going to leave and leave a board of obviously trustees and they will be able to manage the team uh, effectively. She will still be a console type individual on the IWFL board or the IWFL council that was uh, created for 2018. So she's not stepping away from football primarily just on a day-to-day basis. So we wish her well. She's a very, very inspirational for Utah and the Falcons, and she's done a great job as an owner. And so um, congratulations to her and her, you know, trying to get to that next level. Um, we're going to go into the No Joke Football Huddle right here, uh, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can get everything at Zazzle, hoodies, tees, leggings. Uh, every sale uh, from anybody that buys their stuff goes directly to spotlight another talented athlete in the women's game, internationally or in the States. So go to Zazzle.com forward slash Iron Beauties. You can use the daily sales uh, codes up to 15% off daily. And if you want to get free shipping, you can subscribe to Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks for the whole year, and you don't have to pay shipping. So it's a great deal right there. So uh, well, let's go into the huddle right now with our guests, 
and the historic owner of the New York Sharks, uh, Andrea Douglas. And Andrea, are you on the line? Hey, officer. I sure am. How are you? How's it going, Andrea? Thanks for making the time today. Uh, A privilege and honor to speak to you today. My pleasure. Thanks for your interest. Awesome. So, Andrea, what? What? Uh, let's start off with everything that's happened so far in the game recently. Here, uh, we got Sam doing uh, forums, uh, Jen Welker out there doing clubs and uh, clinics and all that, and then we have uh, the WFA growing to 65 teams, the IWFL restructuring uh, this year to a more regional based. Um, you've been in both leagues. You. You know, you know Kezia Desney. You understand, obviously, Lisa King. So um, let's start there. What's what do you see right now in terms of the game for this upcoming season? Well, um, first, I'd like to thank um, Kez Disney and Lori Frederick and um, Lisa and Jeff King. You know, it's it's nice to have this umbrella to play over, and I have been in both leagues, and I've enjoyed each one of them. Um, I think it's great that the sport is growing. I'm really excited about the international teams that are that are forming and um, how they're really learning to love our sport um, as it did originate in, in America. So it's it's nice to see it, um, you know, expanding like that. Um, as far as this season, though, I think it's really going to be exciting. Um, it always is, though. You know, there's. <laughs> There's, it's like you shuffle the deck each year and, and um, see who, you know, what cards fall where and who goes where, and it's always going to be exciting to see uh, who comes out on top. Andrea, you've been very historic. Um, you go back to 99 with the Vixen and 20 years with your club, and you guys announced, uh, obviously, the grand finale. Um, that was a good promo. Right. I loved it. Um, <laughs> and so you've seen a lot in terms of, you know, various leagues sprung up. You've seen various leagues collapse. You've seen sustainability in certain leagues. Uh, I think you've gone through pretty much everything that uh, an owner can go through in women's football and uh, profitability, either lack of profitability or some profit. Um, but uh, it's just, it's grown in terms of, I think the fanfare has grown internationally, not so much in the States, but internationally it has brought in even foreign players to come to the States to play on certain teams. Yes, that's true. In fact, we've had a few of them, which is really, really fun. Um, So, um, yeah, that's, you know, and I'm sorry to to hear you say that it hasn't grown in America, and you're right. Um, I'm certainly not contradicting you. But it's sad that – that it hasn't really taken off. Uh, I know women's basketball took a very long time, and now it's, it's uh, sustaining itself, I do believe. But there's been other leagues, women's soccer, um, women's softball, uh, I think baseball. You know, there's been other leagues that just haven't, um, haven't kept going. And the thing that, that is so wonderful about football is we keep going. And it's basically, basically because we support ourselves, um, you know, I don't think there's a lot of, of profitability in, uh, financially in in any or many teams, um, but you know we we garner the profits from other areas. Um, I've certainly had the best years of my life. Um, some of the best people I will ever meet. 
So, you know, there's always that going for it. But I do wish that the sport overall would take off so that players don't have to pay to play. And, and so, you know, people can really earn a living from doing this. Women, not people. Certainly men already do. But um, that's what I'd like to see. And I, I just, I, I'm sorry it hasn't progressed to that point yet. Now, we've made strides. I think a, a lot of it is excitement because of social media. We have made more strides. There's more, uh, I think, no, yes. notability. Everybody's more aware. Uh, the advertising Absolutely. and I think the the impact that you can make on advertising on a lower budget than you ever could before is is a, a huge positive, especially in the metro yes. markets. Um, you know, unfortunately, Chicago Force not uh, being in place for this coming season, but for the most part, you know, your team, Boston, D.C., uh, most of the East Coast teams have made uh, a lot of impact in terms of bringing awareness to the big umbrella, which is the NFL. Yes, that's very true, very true. Um, the NFL is definitely aware of us. I love how the clinics are springing up everywhere, and um, we're getting a lot more acknowledged uh, from the NFL, which, um, you know, might lead to some – might lead to something someday where the NFL and the women's teams can partner or be a part of or something. Andrea, you were a very instrumental in terms of getting the Sharks up and running. And, and obviously there's a lot of people to thank, you know, along the way as well. And uh, individuals, players, former players. Um, Colette uh, finally gets this, a little bit of spotlight for you guys with the team name and then yes, also your favorite team, the Jets. So uh, what did you think of that news when that happened? You know, Colette works so hard and she's done so much for the Sharks. And um, it was, it, it pleased me so much to see her, you know, get her foot in the door. And um, I think she's, she's gone on to start her own business now. She's so inspirational and she loves to help people. And that's what her business is all about. And I'm really proud of her. I, I remember the first time I ever spoke to Colette, and she was just so excited that she had found the Sharks and she'd always wanted to play. And um, I just, she's not involved with us this year, unfortunately, because she had to, she had too many things on her plate. Um, good things, though. Um, but I miss her, but I'm real proud of her. I'm glad she's doing what, uh, what her passion is. She, she deserves that. Now, Andrew, uh, your decision to walk away, uh, sort of the same decision I think Hiroko had to make here on the breaking news today, where, you know, you have a choice, uh, keep going, or you, you, you have opportunities that come up. And, and given uh, whatever stage of life you're in, sometimes those opportunities are way more important than uh, a sport. You know, you still I can be in, in, a, in, a, in a facility <laughs> with counsel or support as a fan or, you know, that kind of stuff. But sure. Um, because you're in your 20th year, was that maybe one of the decisions or reasons that made you maybe step away, or was it just something that you said, I'm, I'm, I just got to step away at this point? Well, Oscar, it's been coming for a while, and um, two, things, two things led to the decision. Um, one, I have so many things going on right now. Um, I've been writing this, this book for over 20 years. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm embarrassed to say it, but um, I started back when we were a flag team, the the Sharks, and I've just been piecing it together through the years. The book is finally done. Um, I have an agent, nice. 
and uh, I hope I hope that the book will come out um, this year. And the book focuses on um, you know growing up as a female and being told no, you can't play, and then finding this outlet both in flag and tackle, and um, how I ended up owning the sharks and our journey, um, which you know it just it empowers women, and my goal is to not step away from football, but step uh, towards empowering women in, in different ways. Um, I hope my book will have an impact in somehow, uh, somehow. I mean, you never know, but it, it certainly could. Uh, I'm also an artist and I've started to um, paint. Uh, it's a series called, series called Fizog, P-H-I-Z-O-G. And if you look on my website, Andrew Douglas Art, you can find it. But what it does is it focuses on the faces and expressions of the players, you know, as opposed to um, action shots, which are wonderful and I love them. But I wanted to catch the, the people, you know. It's, it's the people that make it. And um, so I've really branched into that. I'm having a big show in St. Petersburg, Florida, with all of these um, faces awesome. and expressions of women in football. That's coming up in March. And um, so I just had so many other things that even though I have incredible people helping me run this team and they have taken so much off my shoulders in the past years, but at the same time, you know, it's still ultimately my responsibility. So it still takes up a lot of time and, um, and I love doing it, but you know, again, it's those other sticks in the fire that I'm hoping will catch. Um, and so all of this was going on, Oscar, and I, I was, you know, trying to find some way to step away, and I found people to help manage the team, um, in addition to Crystal and Dana, who've been with me from the beginning. Um, but then what did come along is the new owners, and those are the parents of one of my, uh, one of my players, Gabby Farrell. And they're wonderful people, and they're so into it. And I felt safe. You know, I felt safe with them stepping in, knowing that my kids, I call them my kids, knowing that my kids will have um, a place to play. And I've looked for people in the past, um, some of the coaches, some other people have expressed interest, and it just just didn't, uh, it didn't speak to me like, um, like Tom and Danielle have. And so between those two things, um, that's, that's what led to the final decision. Wow. A lot of emotion goes into that as well, because like you said, you have a passion for something like your art and you still have, you know, a love for uh, the sport, but uh, it's a give and take. And uh, unfortunately at some point we have to make that decision. I know I have made that decision personally, especially with, you know, when you have uh, health concerns with family members and stuff like that, you have to make a decision as to which way you're going to take a route um, and then you give up some stuff, but ultimately I think it, it's a positive in, in both ways. Um, right. It's kind of nice that you said, you know, you just weren't going to hand it over to anybody and just, it's sort of like, you you know, you knew that there was a time and place for that. And, uh, you know, the Farrells obviously have uh, lived through, I guess, you know, their child's, you know, sharks moments. And so right, they want to yeah. just continue that for other other uh, individuals and athletes. So that's great to hear. Yes, I, I was. Uh, it was a blessing, really. It was, and I'm excited to see what they do with the you know the next iteration of the New York 
football team. Now the brand has been very historic, notably in everything, even in you know in uh, the Hall of Fame and other places. So that's got to make you really proud that uh, you got you and Minnesota, but primarily have stood this you know the test of time, if you want to call it that, uh, in the that's women's right. game, and have done you know historic uh, aspects to the sport, not just you know the league, not just the WFA, IWFL, but overall to the sport uh, here in America. So a lot of people, when they read about it, um, that's you, you're the two teams that really, when you read history, um, when I got first introduced to the sport, you know, I went into researching and stuff, and, and that's one of the clubs that comes out and stands out. Well, I, I appreciate that acknowledgement, Oscar. I really do. And um, we, it, it does, we are very rich with history. Um, and I, I have to thank, you know, the players really and the people that have come in and out of our doors because there's um you know new york i love new york city i i've lived here for 35 years i moved here sight unseen from a small town in florida and new york is like no other place in the world and the people are like that too so i i think that um you know, a lot of our success and, and being the first to do so many things and, and quite a, a, a fabled, fabled team comes from the people that are involved and the stories that we bring and the stories we create. And, um, you know, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough season because, I, um, you know, to step away from all that is going to be, it's already hard for me to do. Um, but, uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm going to pass the torch on, and I'm sure they're going to do wonderful things. And as the sport grows, and um, there's going to be more opportunities, certainly maybe more than, than what we had in the beginning. I know, um, you know, the victims and, and the sharks uh, and the minks um, that first season, we got a lot of attention because it was such, uh, such a, an anomaly. But, um, you know, as the years wore on, kind of the, the newness wore off, and it became really hard to – to get recognition. Um, but I think that's changing. And, you know, thanks to people like Colette and Walter and Sam Rappaport and the people that are really um, out there in the spotlight, um, I think I think women's football will grow, and I sure hope it does. Now tell us a little bit, a little bit about your, you know, your, what some people would call a hobby and other people would call a real passion. So was that something that you started when you were young, or is that something that was passed down by somebody else or was it just something that came to you your art oh um, the art or the passion no the, the art passion for oh the art well I, you know I've um I was artistic when I was little and my parents saw that and my mom took me to art lessons and um I also had sports in my life you know I grew up in Florida so that's huge football um, my dad was a huge Gator fan. We were Miami Dolphin fans. So, yeah, you know, it was very easy to get attached to the sport. Um, but I also had my art. And when I realized that I couldn't be a pro football player, which was a, a huge disappointment to me, <laughs> um, I focused right. on my art. And that's um, that's what brought me to New York City. I, got, I came here for my master's degree uh, from Pratt Institute. And... Um, I found a flag league here in the city. Uh, actually, it was in Brooklyn. And, um, 
it really kind of, you know, it wasn't tackle football like I always wanted to play, like, uh, you know, I played with the boys when I was younger, but it gave me a great outlet, and I met some wonderful people. And from that, it segued into the tackle, um, you know, in 1999 when we got a call from, um, from the guys who ran the WPFL. And um, so even though my passion for football had been put on the, on the sideline, so to speak, um, it was the art that really propelled me in New York City and in turn got me in, back into the football, ironically. What did your relatives or your father or your parents think when you decided to take like an ownership interest into that? Was that, cause I know all the stories that I've, when I interview folks, everybody's like women's football, you can't, you're going to leverage the mortgage, you know, all these, all these negatives come out <laughs> yeah. right with that. So what was yeah, the reaction? Well, my story's no different. <laughs> um, they thought I was crazy. Um, of course. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, women's football and the uh, – it, it was just not a, a – as, as my dad said, not a good business decision. And, you know, from a um, monetary stance, yeah, no, it wasn't. But it was a passion. Um, you know, as as um, a team in the WPFL, you had to have an owner, quote-unquote, to, um, to get in. And – we really thought that we that someone would step up. Oh my gosh, eight million people in New York. Someone's going to step up and buy the sharks. Well, no one did. So um, wow. at the time, uh, yeah, um, at the time I was uh, working for Atlantic Records. Uh, I was an art director there, and um, you know, we thought, oh boy, this is it. You know, our our chances. It came and went, and there it is. So at the last minute, I stepped up and took money out of my savings and bought the team. And, um, you know, the people the people who played football thought it was great. You know, it's cool. It's a great investment. You're going to love it, blah, blah, blah. People who were, uh, you know, my family and um, my parents, uh, they thought I was nuts. Um, and it was just. I you know, and this is this is I think you'll enjoy the book, Oscar, because all of this is chronicled in the in the book. It's based on a true story. It's um it kind of uh combines the twenty years from, you know, childhood until um two thousand two actually. And um it it tells the struggles that I personally went through when I bought the team, uh and then also what the you know, the players went through. Um, it's called black and blue because it's you know it's the colors of our team. It's also we got Bruce <laughs> for wanting to play this sport, and sure. um, you know it goes right up until we won the championship in 2002. And the interesting part about that is um, one of our teammates, uh, Sharon Pascali, uh, was killed in a car accident on Christmas Eve, and um, it really devastated all of us. And when we came back in, in 2002, we dedicated the season to Sharon and went undefeated and, uh, and won the championship. So it's yep. all of those obstacles we faced leading up to the culmination of winning the championship. And, and, and this is a true story. Sharon actually paid us a little visit right before our game. And I'm not going to tell you more because you'll have to read it, but it's, it's one of the – I get chills just telling you about it because it was 
absolutely a true story. And uh, we ended up winning, as you may remember, and it was just, it's like a, uh, a Hollywood League of Their Own story. So, you know, what they say that, uh, you know, like grandparents and others, they come around at a certain time point for you, either in a moment of light or in a moment of making you aware of certain things. But her coming back, spiritual sense for you guys, uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. so so much uh, positive love that you can never, you know, imagine. And so right. you know, when someone gets taken away for whatever reason, whether it be accidental or just, you know, health reasons, um, yeah, we have a tendency to rise. And I think that's one of the best, best things yes. about sports is you always want to, you know, rise to the occasion to, to do something good for someone else or, or to represent yourself and others together uh, as a force. Right. So that's awesome. So your book, I will tell you, uh, writing things and doing things and, and putting things down, did you go a little nuts with notes and trying to accumulate things and paragraphs and how am I going to word this? Oh, gosh, and, yeah. And it's editing. Yeah. And, oh, I know it's always a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it really – but it was fun. It was a fun nightmare. And um, I would carry mm-hmm. around um, a little tiny um, oh, notebook in my back pocket, and I would write down <laughs> funny things they said or something that was poignant or – um, just little exchanges, places we went, the feeling, the the, the weather, and I I had I did this, like I said, for twenty years. So when I finally sat down to really write the book, which was only a few years ago, I had about three of those plastic bins, you know, that you store stuff in the three <laughs> big ones, of just like notes and notebooks, and um, and not just about, Talk about homework, just huh? About Oh, boy, I know. But I had the most fun. I, I would sit there and uh, laugh till I cried, uh, cry till I laugh. I mean, it was just, I had a great time doing it. And, you know, again, it's not, chronologically, it's not exactly how it happened. And I combined characters um, because you have to focus, you know, on characters. You can't have too many or, or you, it won't make sense to anyone. So, um, you know, but, but all in all, it's, it's a true story. And um, and I think it really shows the strength of women and how um, it, it's it's so important for us to find our voice and to you know stand up and and you know really really stand up to societal norms and and say you know no I count too and um, I just think that's so important I've always told my team from day one uh, you know this is so much but what what you're doing is so much bigger than football. There's so much more to it than getting out on the field. That's just the icing on the cake. You are paving ways for, uh, you know, for girls and women that we may not even know until years from now. So it's it's just a big step for women, and I, I applaud everyone who's playing and every owner and every coach, everything, everyone involved, uh, including yourself, you know, for taking the interest. Um, I really applaud everyone for, for uh, changing lives because we really do. Now, Andrea, the excitement behind your team gets built, and then you have this thing where you get crushed more often than not in terms of history, whether you shift from one league to the next. So how 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 have you guys handled, like, you know, a great season and all of a sudden a mediocre season and all of a sudden maybe not so, such a great season? 
those are the struggles of ups and downs. I know a lot of teams go through it. A very few sustain, you know, at a level like, let's say, the Patriots as an example, where they're consistently right, good all right. the time. But, but because of numbers, you know, we all know it's reality, you know, recruiting and all the other factors. And so do you have a story about a lowest season where things just didn't pan out? Um, well, you know, let me think on that. The lowest season. I, and I would say maybe lowest I, in the sense of maybe just record or just things, you know, because I've seen the, the situation where you lose by seven, you lose by three, the whole season, yeah. very competitive, and somehow you right. just get edged. And everybody just seems yeah, to know that you're yeah. a good team. It's just, but you just are not good enough to put a win up. Um, so right. have you experienced any of those? During, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you have, but does, how does that make you feel as well, an owner? Sure. It's like you're, you get there and you get to the end and you're like, we were so close for every, every game. And all of a sudden you just can't. Yeah. It, it's really, it's frustrating. Um, not so much. Of course, it frustrates me because I want to have I want all of my players and coaches to have a good experience. But um, it's frustrating because uh, I think a lot of people think New York City is is oh my gosh, there's you know like I said eight million people. Surely you can field forty five tremendous athletes, but that's not true. Um, exactly. Of course, if we had the funds to. I see exactly. I agree with you. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's really it's difficult in this city. Um, for one, you know, who wants to go watch an unknown sport, basically, when you've got millions of things to do that are so interesting? And, um, you know, how, how, do you, how do you winnow it down to go watch a women's tackle football game? Um, we don't have the funds, nor do any teams have the funds to really get out there and do some advertising, you know, uh, major billboards and TV spots and this and that. So... And then the neighborhoods here in New York City, I mean, I, you know, I, I live uh, in, in the West Village and five blocks either side of me, you know, I, I joke that I need a passport because I don't leave my area. And so many places are like that. You just, you know, you just stay in your little, your little area and you, you walk your little trails every day. And, and, and you know, um, so it's really hard to get all the neighborhoods to pay attention to anything. So New York City has been really tough, but, but back to your question, um, you know, I have to say it's a little bit, we have a very tough market. Um, it's very hard to get around. It's expensive to get around. You know, you take the tolls, I think going over the Verrazano now, we used to practice in Staten Island, was $18 just to cross the bridge. So, um you know, it's very expensive. It's hard to find fields. Field. It's hard to find uh, coaches. We've had tremendous problems finding um, qualified coaches. Um, it's hard to find um, indoor facilities in weather like now where there's, you, know, you can't get out even if you bundle up because there's eight inches of snow on the ground. So um, when all of this happens, I, I think the end result is, you know, sometimes we're just an inch away from having a really incredible team. And even though it's close, it's, it's like you said, we just get oh, eked out by three points or one game or, you know, um, 
so it's been really frustrating um, for my players, I think, more than anything. And um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to – we've tried everything from papering the house to, uh, you know, we've tried to advertising. I've hired ad agencies. I've done everything. New York's just a tough market unless you've got some serious bucks behind a, a you know, campaign. Or or a league where, you, you know, I mean, I'd love to see one of the leagues take, you know, the top eight people and eight teams and and find an investor and throw some serious money behind it and put them on TV and get some contracts. I mean, I think, I really think that's what it's going to take to, to boost us to the next level. Um, but New York City's a tough market, and... Um, we're, we just keep coming back, you know. I remember one season, uh, you asked for a, a kind of a low season. One mm-hmm. season we showed such promise, and it's real frustrating because it's, it's like, you know, we take uh, two steps forward and we think, oh, my God, this is going to be good. We've got all of them back. We've got great rookies. And then we take, for some reason, three steps back. You know, we lose uh, – two key players, someone moves away, a, a coach, go, uh, you know, quits or, you know, whatever the case. And, and my God, the, uh, you know, the reasons are, are multiple. But um, this one season we had uh, what we thought was going to be really wonderful. And for some reason we ended up with about 24 players. And we seriously thought about, you know, taking a year off. And I brought it to the team one night and said, look, you guys are going to be playing both ways. We play some huge teams. Um, you know, uh, we, uh, we played Sacramento one time. We called them the Republic of Sacramento because there were so many of them. I mean, it's just yeah amazing how many were on the sideline. Um, but I think that was one of the most frustrating years. And we all decided to go through with it. And, and we – We've never had below 50% season. We've always we've had like four and four and this and that. But we've never gone uh, into a losing season in in 20 years. And um, even with that amount of people, uh, the heart and the talent, it kept us you know it kept us going. But uh, but that was yeah. That's why I bring it up because that's what happens yeah. with real good durable teams with, and then try to make try to stay afloat. The easiest thing to do is to yeah. shut down and just regroup, and that's usually you right. know the case. But sometimes it's it, it is the only solution that you you have to just shut down and be real realistic about it, especially with injury right. and you're yeah. now you're putting a person in in danger, you know, for their livelihood mm-hmm. as well, not just for the sport and the team. Um, right. Andrea, yeah, it's true. been an exciting ride. So the book is going to come out when again? You said. Um, I hope this year. Uh, I hope this year, like I said, I have an agent, and he's gotten some great response. So um, we're hoping someone's gonna uh, someone's gonna take it on, and hopefully sooner than later. All right. So once it comes out, it's gonna be pretty much on everywhere, right? Amazon and every other book outlet. You can get it pretty much online and all that. <laughs> Your lips to God's ears, Oscar. <laughs> well, I know it will be because that's how it works. <laughs> For the majority of the time, if you want to sell the book, you got to get it out there, especially on Amazon. Amazon's pretty popular now, so yeah. So it's, if you're not yeah. on Amazon, you you know you limit your potential in terms of intake. So um, yeah, I'm right. pretty sure Jen Wilker knows about that. 
because she's done a good job of right. doing that too. So, um, so Andrea, the, the, the feral, let's talk about that aspect of it. What do you expect the same as you've done before? Their struggles are going to be pretty much your struggles. If not, do you think it's easier in this social media environment now than it was when you uh, owned the team? Um, it's certainly easier to get, uh, get the word out and a following. Um, I, and, and I'm, of course, giving them every contact, every con- contract uh, and contact to uh, keep the same fields um, because they're so hard to get. Um, and, and I'm actually, you know, they're going to get almost like a franchise handbook of, of what to do and how to. Um, Mm -hmm. so they will not have those struggles because, you know, I'd never owned a football team, a women's football team Mm -hmm. in New York city. So, you know, it was all created from scratch and trial and error. Um, they won't have that aspect to deal with, but you know, it's still going to be struggles getting, you know, people to come to the games and getting sponsors. I, I mean, there's not a lot of ROI for, for the women's football teams, um, you know, I mean, until we get a great crowd in the stands or television contracts, whatever, there's just not a lot of uh, ROI to offer to sponsors, which I think is the main reason why we don't have some major sponsors for, for the leagues and the teams. Um, so those struggles, sure, they're going to have those, but, you know, they're aware of that. And they've got some great ideas. They have fresh blood, new energy, um, you know, I just wish them all the best, and I'm certainly here to help if ever I can. So, uh, Andrea, through this whole season, are you part of the, the whole thing until the end, and your finale is going to be, what, the last game of the season at this point with the uh, 20th anniversary? Absolutely. Um, I've been to uh, every practice so far. Um, I, I, I I don't want to miss a minute of it, Oscar. I, I'm going to miss it, and I just don't want to miss a minute this year. Uh, we've got a great energy so far. We've got an awesome coaching staff. Um, you know, when I made the announcement that this was um, the Sharks last year, a lot of the old players have come back, and it's so much fun. We are, uh, you know, every practice, you know, someone new pops up from 10 years ago or something, and it's it's a wonderful experience uh so far and, and I just hope it ends uh you know, I, I hope it ends in a spot that makes everyone happy and have fun. And you know, I can tell from a lot of the post and everything else that's been mentioned on there, you have touched a lot of lives. So in that aspect, uh I, I think you're loved more than you know because you've done a lot for those individuals in the last twenty years. And that right there says a lot about you and, you know, your character, your personality, the amount of time and devotion to the sport, not necessarily that, but, you know, when you go into a field like this or a sport and you're trying to uh, break some barriers and also encourage others to, you know, try something new and, and branch out and they break out and they kind of learn something new, whether it be emotional or strength related, or they take it into their own lives with their family or their uh, or their, their careers, um, that's going to make you feel really, really good. It, it, it really, really does. And um, I appreciate you saying that because that is what it's all about is, um, you know, helping others, whether it's giving them a, a place to feel, 
you know, wanted and, and a home or, you know, helping them realize their potential or make friends or, you know, there's just so many aspects. And um, I, I, I appreciate what you said. I really do. Yeah, Andrea, I wanted to bring you on because since I started this show, I've always tried to make this more of an NFL type show where, you know, the stories have been recycled over and over, but uh, we like to spotlight everybody in terms of a player equate him to an NFL caliber athlete, even though the, the wage isn't there, of course. But, uh, you right. know, you as an owner, I mean, you're at that equivalent level. Um, obviously, compensation-wise, not, not the issue here, but you're an equivalent level, you know, of, of a lot of, you know, the crafts and all these other uh, owners that have been successful. And you've been very successful in terms of keeping the brand alive in terms of the Sharks, historically, uh, you know, in, in, in scope. And so, you know, I, I'm just honored and it was a privilege for you to take the time to even uh, do an interview with me. And I, I really, really appreciate what you've done for uh, women's football. I know a lot of people feel the same way. And, uh, and uh, it's been an honor to, uh, to speak to you today. And, and even for you to make the time, it's just, I'm, I'm actually honored. Um, you're going to make me cry, Oscar. <laughs> um, I don't want to make you cry, but I, I, I know you, uh, <laughs> you don't think you're not as significant, but you are, you, you, you've done a lot. And, uh, I think that, you know, uh, the fact that you are, you know, in love with other things, you know, your art, which is great. And you're going to bring that, you know, that football aspect to it. Once we get to see the pieces and everything in place, uh, a lot of people are going to know that you're still, uh, and always will be, um, you know, in love with the sport and the memories of the sport. I, I will always be in love with the sport. It's brought me great joy. And, um, you know, just because I, I won't own the Sharks anymore, I, I won't be very far away. I'll be right here with everyone. Andrea, I really appreciate you making the time today. Um, you can chime in anytime. Uh, and, uh, like I said, it, it, reaching out to you was really uh, amazing for me. And uh, when I got your response back, I was like, she actually wants to do an interview with me. And uh, my wife was like, what are you talking about? I was like, this is a, this is a historic individual in women's uh, uh, football. I said, so I got to get her on, uh, especially since she's uh, saying goodbye uh, this season. So um, I hope you'll, uh, you know, that we'll do another chat during the season, how the shark season goes. And then, maybe towards the end there, uh, you know, before the uh, season ends and see how we're at uh, this season with the, uh, you know, the Sharks themselves. But uh, you have done a lot. Uh, I know that, like I said, uh, the sport owes you a lot. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, and it's an honor to be on your show. I appreciate your interest, and I look forward to speaking with you again. Awesome. So, Andrea, have a great time uh, out there. Um, enjoy the season. Uh, keep uh, keep your artwork going. Can't wait for the book to come out, and uh, we will look forward to the book. You and bet. I will definitely get a copy. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what you put together uh, with all the uh, amount of hours that it takes to write a book, and so the stories as well. <laughs> well so that's always I'm awesome. not a writer, but uh, hopefully people will uh, understand. It. You know, it'll get its message out. I think. Oh yeah, for sure, and I'm looking yeah. forward to it as well. So. Andrew, thank you. Have safe travels out there. Enjoy uh, this new year, and we'll t- uh, touch base hopefully in the once the season kicks in and see where we're at with in terms of New York, and hopefully we get a playoff uh, mentality uh, going back with in the Sharks. 
Oh, that would be super. Let, let's hope so. Thank you. Have a great night. I appreciate it. Thank you, Oscar. Take care. Okay, guys, that was Andrea Douglas, the historic owner of the New York Sharks, and she has uh, she's been a pioneer uh, of this sport for a long, long time. Um, she's a key figure in U.S. women's gridiron, uh, the birth of the sport up to what it is now. Uh, she's been involved in both leagues, various leagues in the past as well. She's done a tremendous amount of laboring to get on uh, the team, like she said, is in a metro market, low budget, a lot of struggles. Uh, and, and so you would think that wouldn't be the case, uh, as she pointed out, in New York. But it is the case in New York, as as it is in probably any other market. But in New York, it's way tougher, way tougher. And uh, so, yeah, she's done a tremendous job. The sport owes her a lot um, in terms of gratitude to get it up and running uh, between her and the Vixen. Uh, historic franchises in women's uh, U.S. Uh, scene. So it's it's been a, it was an honor for me to uh, to get to uh, talk to her and um, wish her well. Can't wait for the book to come out, and also can't uh, wait for the season to start uh, because this could be memorable. Uh, given the players, you know, you always want to maybe get that hardware, especially for her on the way out. Last year on the way out it would be nice for the Sharks to really make a an impact on the WFA playoff scene and really get, uh, you know, get the championship in Atlanta. So we're looking forward to that. Um, on the same lines that we're talking about here, um, we are talking women's great iron international because that's where it's at now. And so as the Super Bowl comes into play, we have great iron Victoria coming into February, the middle of February. Then we have the great iron West finishing up this, this weekend semifinals in West Australia, the the Perth Blitz take on the Curtain Saints, uh, former LGL stars, Keegan Brown, uh, Nicole Harvey, Lou Devine, quarterback out there. They were taking on the Curtain Saints. And so we don't expect an upset for the birth here uh, on the Blitz, I mean, uh, to be upset. But it's stranger things have happened. And then we also have the um, West Coast Wolverines will be taking on the Perth Broncos. And so big-time matchups. Um, if we had to pick a winner here, I think we're looking at Blitz Broncos to finish up the, uh, the, in the final. But nothing's guaranteed here. Um, Wolverines and Broncos have played pretty tough as well. So we'll see who turns out uh, the winner in that in this matchup come February, this, uh, this, February, this Saturday, actually, February 2nd, which is third for us in the state. So the uh, Great Air West semifinals. 2018. You can go to Great Iron West uh, League on Facebook to keep up with that. You can go to at Great Iron West on. We also have the French League kicking off, the Challenge Feminine in France. And it's the FFFA uh, Championship's going to go through February 3rd all the way down to May 8th. And that's going to showcase a lot of teams. So we will be following those as well as our contact, FAF underscore football on Twitter as well as uh, Football Medicon uh, Feminine on Facebook, which is our network contact player. And we will be on, on top of it. Um, it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, the season's going to kick off this coming weekend. Uh, the uh, Conference North and Conference South, um, Conference North, yeah. And then the Conference South will take effect afterwards. 
Um, so the French League is in its place. I think this is their fourth year, and they've made huge strides. A lot of uh, stars uh, that have played on the French League, the various stars, uh, Sarah Viola came and played for Boston in the WFA. So there's plenty of uh, overseas athletes that have played in the States now, sort of uh, pioneers in the French League to try to get it up and running. Uh, so they've uh, challenged feminine, and you get all the um, – up-to-date stuff on our Facebook page at Gridiron Beauty on Facebook. Stay up-to-date on everything that's Women's Gridiron International as well as in the States. And uh, so don't miss a beat. Go like our page. Share the stories. Um, so we're approaching 6,000. So it's absolutely amazing. So get us to 6,000. We'd really, uh, really appreciate if you did that. And uh, to all our fans out there as well. Uh, Gridiron Victoria should kick off in the middle of February all the way to May. And then in May, as soon as that ends, they're going to be the um, the Australian Women's uh, um, Gridiron League will kick off the tournament, the national tournament, May 28th through June 4th in Queensland, New South Wales, at Gridiron, Victoria, and Western Australia will take effect. Um, the Western Australian League, we want to give a shout-out to um, Kelly. Right, let me get her name here because I wrote it down. Kelly Hopkins. Uh, I want to really, really give her a shout-out. She's the one that was instrumental in starting Gridiron West Women's League in Western Australia. If you're listening to our podcast, which you should be hopefully on the Australian uh, group boards, uh, we want to thank you for uh, giving us an exciting 2017-18 season in Gridiron West. And uh, the semifinals come up this weekend, so it's going to be awesome to find out who's going to be in the finals in that league as well. Um, You have tryouts. all over the WFA, IWFL, the WWCFL, the MWFL, as well as overseas in Mexico, uh, Lexfa, FX Mexico. Um, they have tryouts as well. The um, WFAProFootball.com, you can go to the WFA site there, look for your regional team, email contact, or you can go to their Facebook page, and everybody's got Instagram or Facebook now. So if you want to join the team before the season starts, another month here, the tryouts will end. Everybody's going to get ready for April. So you can go to WFAProFootball.com. You can go to IWFLSports.com. You can visit the Western uh, Western Women's uh, Canadian Football League on Facebook, as well as the Maritime Football uh, Women's Football League on Facebook. Um, and so try out for one of those teams as well. See here, I have my other notes that we had. I already mentioned Heroku stepping down from the Utah Falcons. Um, and so um, big news there today, but uh, she's obviously pursuing other things as well. So that's going to be great. And we have VAFA Women in the UK. The, uh, the growth of the sports overseas in the United Kingdom has been huge. And uh, we cannot understand. It's not an, even an understatement. It's huge. And so uh, C.B. Skessler um, and everybody else over there, Jim Messner. Um, they have done a tremendous job of growing the sport. Um, you have the Opal Series, which is a flag format. You have um, the Sapphire Series, which is going to take effect here this coming month, starting this weekend. Back for Women Tournament starts on February 3rd through March 17th, and we will cover it all via uh, doublecoverage.com. Doublecoverage.com is our partner. They will cover it wall-to-wall updates as well as stories. So, uh Looking forward to the Baffa Women's Sapphire Series. The Birmingham Lions have owned this tournament for the last uh, four years. 
they're looking for their fifth. Um, so we'll see how that turns out this year. But there's a lot of teams. Seven on seven is the format. Seven on seven will be the format for the national championship. Then we have Division Two and Two uh, A and Two B. Two uh, Division Two A will now be seven on seven also, and Division Two B will be five on five. So um, the Diamond Series, which is in summertime, the Diamond Series is where uh, it's eleven on eleven, and that means everybody from the Sapphire Series is, uh, gets drafted to a blue diamond team or a red diamond team, which is a north and south type concept, which is like the NFC or AFC All-Star game. And then at that point, it battles for an 11-11 tournament to see who's the best from the north or the south in terms of the UK. So really exciting. They've done a really good job. Uh, BAFA uh, Oficial, which is the uh, British American Football Association, has done a tremendous job of supporting the women's game. And so we have to applaud them for that. We're doing great. And Great Britain, the Great Britain team finished obviously fourth in the IFAB World Championships right next to Mexico, uh, who won bronze. Uh, but they've done a tremendous job of building up the program. So they've done really, really good uh, in terms of up. And then uh, Phoebe Skessler has done a tremendous job of being an ambassador for Baffle Women. And she's done awesome, tremendous work there. Uh, the Women's Career Forum took place this, uh, this past week. Uh, the uh, Women's World Games will come up in another month. So we'll keep up with that as soon as we get up to um, the notices and stuff. There was issues, obviously, with, um, you know, the terms of numbers, the late response and everything else, logistics, and that's about to happen. But unfortunately, uh, we're probably not going to see the same amount of numbers we've seen in the last couple see- uh, times that the games have been played. But we should see close to 100, hopefully. Uh, the overseas players did have some difficulty coming over, uh, especially now some of the players in France who are playing their in-season tournament and their league. And then so some of the players obviously in Australia as well. So that was kind of an issue in that regard. The Halifax explosion out of the Maritime was featured today on CTV Morning Atlantic, um, and they had their um, representatives, a couple players on there, and they were spotlighted today as the upcoming Maritime Football League uh, kicks off in another couple months here. So they're doing their part to spread the word out and try to get exposure for the league and try to get some support as well for sponsorships and things like that. So that worked out pretty well for them today. So you can catch it on our Facebook page. You can uh, pretty much read up on all that, as well as the video there of the morning uh, um, spotlight that they had on CTV Morning Atlantic. The other thing we have is up in Cancun, uh, LFB Championship. It's going to take place in Cancun. That's going to be the Lipsticks Cancun. We'll be taking on Noradis Casamel. That's going to be uh, actually broadcast via Sipset TV Cancun. And that's pretty exciting. You can see it on our Facebook page, the link there. And that will be this uh, coming February 3rd also in Cancun. So we'll take advantage of that and make sure that you catch that. It's going to be pretty exciting. Noradis has lost the last uh, two championships, edged by Barracudas and also by the Bucaneras. So it's going to be pretty awesome to see if they can finally punch it in, a deserving win, uh, an elusive trophy that has kept them from doing their part. So we'll see how that all pans out in Cancun this weekend. Uh, and we'll have all the links on our Twitter feed as well. So let's get to the Super Bowl before I get out of here. Um, and let's talk about Philadelphia against New England. I really think right now we have to start thinking questionable things in the Patriots side of things, even though they're not mentioning it. The Gronk on a concussion protocol, 
You have uh, Tom Brady with the uh, the hand injury. You have Nick Foles really focused. I saw the interviews this last two days. Seems very calm and focused. He knows what's at stage here. He has to play a very good game. Um, no no turnovers. Uh, Alarius Blunt, uh, the running back, as well as Chris Long, they've always sta- they've stated since even when they beat Minnesota that this is going to be a huge game. They got to play 60 minutes to beat it. I think the, the the best thing out of the two days so far is that Bill Belichick actually smiled. I don't know if that makes anybody happy, but he actually smiled. Will McGinnis was actually get, got him to smile. So it's the first time I've seen, uh, if you want to call it Mellow Bill, but uh, technically Mellow Bill wasn't there because he's normally at the podium. He's like more like Darth Vader than anything. So uh, it turns out that he's obviously happy. He's doing well, and he looks like he's excited to go up against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Eagles have potential here. Doug Peterson has done a good job um, on both sides of the ball. The defense has played well. Um, I mean, uh, Vegas is picking probably the Eagles, obviously, for the upset. And if you're betting over $2 million, you would do, you would do that too. But going up against uh, TB12, I don't know if that's going to be the right call. Uh, it's pretty tough. Uh, the, paint, the Pats have Lewis, White, and Burkett in, the, in, that, uh, in that running game. And they've done pretty well, even on the receiving end of things, on receptions and in receiving yards. So th- that's going to be a key right there for Philadelphia. Can they stop the, uh, the three-headed monster of the running game? And then Amandola, because if Gronk doesn't go, you got Amandola problems. And so we've we've seen that in the past. This this guy has come through time and time again. And so uh, we'll see how Philadelphia really does a number maybe on Amendola, on Hogan. Uh, a lot of playmakers in the Patriots. And so um, not to count out the playmakers on the Philadelphia side of the ball. Um, they've done a tremendous job. Jeffries and Agahola has done a tremendous job there. But, you know, overall, the favorite coming in should be the Patriots. The underdogs obviously are the Eagles. So um, I got some feedback on that. From our co-host, who wasn't going to be, who uh, couldn't make it today, Holly Custis. Uh, her st- her score is 30-21. She's taking the Patriots because they're they have 25 men, 25 players on the roster that have Super Bowl experience versus the Eagles that only have six. But uh, strangest things have happened, and so I would say my prediction is going to be 28-26. It's going to be very close. Every Super Bowl that the Patriots have played in have either started very slow in the first two quarters, and then they kind of just try to pull it off in the end. Defensively, I think Philadelphia has an edge here. I really do. If they play smart and they do their part, they can keep it close. Um, if Nick Foles is going to be the issue here, if they can rattle um, Tom Brady into some turnovers, they got an opportunity to shot. If Foles goes the other way and starts throwing balls out and they, you know, they create the turnovers, it, it might end pretty badly. So we'll we'll see how that turns out in in Minnesota this weekend. So. For the Super Bowl uh, 52 coverage, you can follow us on Twitter. Be retweeting everybody, SI, Yahoo Sports, and everybody else, so you can get in-depth coverage of everything that's on there. You can follow us at Great Iron Beauty on Twitter. Uh, thanks for making us number one on Twitter. We really appreciate it. Uh, number one on Twitter in terms of a Twitter sports site covering all things women's American football, including NFL and fitness, stuff like that. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't gone to a Zaz- our Zazzle shop, Go to our Zazzle shop, and I really thank everybody that's been purchasing 
gear so we can promote and uh, spotlight another talented athlete internationally as well as in the States. Go to our Zazzle shop and check out all our stuff. Um, you know, uh, not a, not a boys game shirts. Yes. I'm uh, yes. I'm a girl. I play football. Those are very popular, especially our no joke, uh, no joke football shirt, the no shock, no joke football shirt. That's pretty awesome. And so we've had good reviews there. Go to Zazzle, take advantage of the daily deals at the very corner. Check out the deals up to 15% off. And on top of that, if you get Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks, you get free shipping for 12 months. So it's a great deal that we try to arrange with Zazzle. Uh, and so if you get, if you uh, love to shop from us or from Zazzle, you get Zazzle Black, 10 bucks for the whole year. So you can't beat that. Um, add us on Snapchat as well as we're going to do takeovers with a lot of women's gridiron players internationally as well as in the States. Holly Custis did some takeovers already. We're looking forward to a couple more athletes taking over in this coming February. And the big announcement before we get out of here, uh, I have the two-time champion Utah Falcons quarterback, Luis Matthews Ben, who will be co-hosting on the Gridiron Blitz starting in February, and she will be here. Championship insights, a lot of uh, knowledge on football, and uh, we're not going to miss uh, we're not going to miss Holly. Of course, we're going to miss Holly. I'm just kidding. Uh, Holly's going to be going back, obviously, to uh, the Majestics. We're in the w- in the IWFL this year, so she's going to be in and out because she's got obviously commitment and everything else to deal with, and she's been awesome for us. And the All Star is going to be back in and out uh, certain times, but we got Louise Dean now. So uh, coming in February, it's going to be awesome to kind of talk football with her, get the insights on terms of the WFA and IWFL season, and uh, looking forward to it because I think she's really insightful and to uh, pick her brain on a lot of stuff, even uh, pro football stuff on the NFL side of things and the international growth of women's football. So we'll see how you know that turns out. So um, looking forward to next week. We are lining up a couple guests. Um, if you have anybody in mind that that you want us to showcase on the podcast, anything of, of a pioneer, historic person, a player that you need a spotlight, uh, please chime in, direct messages on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, you get a hold of us, or you can uh, email us at gridironbeauties um, at gmail.com, gridironbeauties at gmail.com. So we're going to be talking to a lot of amazing uh, talent coming up next uh, next couple weeks as we launch into the WFA IWFL season as well as the WWCFP and uh, WWCFL in May and the Maritime in May. So it's going to be really fast for the summer. As soon as we get into February, it sort of like snaps right in and we get into uh, the women's uh, great honor scene in, in the U.S. But uh, international um, right now, like I said, um, France, we got the U.K. kicking off with their Sapphire Series, as well as Great West finishing up, and then we have Great Iron Victoria coming up. So never – Never women's grid are not on the map. It's always on the map, so year-round. So we're really, really proud that we can do that and bring it together, as well as our network partners. So um, I want to just thank uh, Andra uh, Douglas, a historic owner of the New York Sharks, for making the time today, telling her story, her amazing journey. And she's got a book coming out uh, in the next couple months here. And as soon as it comes out, we obviously will dive into it. And I'll get her back in here to talk about it more, more in detail once it actually gets out there. So if you don't follow the Sharks, you can follow the Sharks, New York Sharks, on Facebook. You can go to Twitter at NY Sharks as well. And looking forward to the season. So for Troy Wilson and the uh, absent WFA All-Star Holly Custis, Oscar Lopez saying we'll catch you here next week right here on the Gridiron Blitz. 
the Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't downloaded the podcast on Apple, go ahead and do it. Check your favorite episodes, over 200. So uh, don't miss a beat. Download it. Listen to amazing athletes that we've interviewed in the past, as well as uh, pioneers. So um, catch you next week. We'll have a great time. And thanks again to Andrea Douglas for making the time and, and showing us a great time here on an interview and look forward to her journey for this season. And obviously she's going to have a great time out of football as well with their artwork. So uh, catch you here guys next week with Holly, uh, Holly Custis, as well as Luis Bain making her debut and Troy Wilson should be back by then. Have a great night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.